Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out on the street via social media, rate and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Mr. Christmas himself, Bing Crosby. There is nothing in the world I wouldn't do for Bob Hope, and there's nothing he wouldn't do for me. We spend our lives doing nothing for each other. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, Episode 6. Got a fun show for you this week with Allie Gray. Hello, thank you, and welcome to all the new listeners. I appreciate you checking out the show. Don't y'all turn that dial now. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I was at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Always a great time there. They sure love that 80s hairband stuff, which is fine by me. My show on Thursday was actually canceled last minute due to a remodel. No worries, though. Looking forward to getting back to Heartbreakers in Chaska, Minnesota again soon. And a big thanks to Toots for hiring me for all these years. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, November 25th, 2015, Thanksgiving Eve. Mr. Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Thirsty Otter in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin from 9 to 1 a.m. Friday, November 27th, 2015, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, November 28th, 2015, 8 to 12 p.m. Super excited to be performing with Brian Johnson at our good friend Bart's Bar, Gosnell's Packer Inn, a.k.a. the GPI in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin. Lock up your daughters. Sunday, November 29th, 2015, I'll be performing a solo show at Down South in New Germany, Minnesota. The guest this week is Allie Gray of the Allie Gray Band, Martin Zeller's Neil Show, Two Hicks and a Chick, etc., etc., discussing life in the world of music and a new Christmas record. Enjoy the conversation! Allie Gray. Great to see you. It's so good to see you, too. Welcome to the Mark Steering Music Podcast. Thank you. Here we are at the beautiful, iconic <laughs> O'Gara's in the Shamrock Room. We are. I've played some gigs in this room, as well as the back room. Yep, you, you, too? Yep. We have the Sounds of St. Paul around us. We have folks <laughs> dining here to our right, and we have the, the pouring rain outside streets of St. Paul, Selby Avenue, and all the cars going by pre-rush hour, so that's nice. It's kind of a... Gloomy afternoon, but a good day to talk about your upcoming Christmas record. Yes, I well, it's unless it would have been better if it was snowing, but it's nice that it's just raining go. in November. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a list of questions here for Allie, but she had one for me. Asked if she could swear in the podcast. <laughs> Come on, can't tell all my secrets. <laughs> I'm just joking. Whatever. Like I said, uh, yeah, as many f bombs as we can fit. No, in. Oh, 
No, I don't swear. <laughs> no, it's fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned that this was the you played your first gig here I at O'Hara's. Mm-hmm. Was it back in the garage? In the garage, um, and it wasn't. It was with Kenny McMahon, who's um, a friend of Dan O'Gara's, and Kenny does singer-songwriter stuff, and back then, he wanted me to just do some backup with him. I was 19, I think, and he named us, it's a little bit of an embarrassing name, he called us Kenny McMahon and One Hot Chick. I did not name it. It's a little humiliating to say that. I wouldn't have chosen that, but we did one gig here, and it was from that gig that, well, and then I did some um, girl band stuff, but it was from a Kenny McMahon gig from O'Gara's that Martin Zeller heard, I think he either heard about me through Danny or he was here and watching that show. show, And then he asked me to audition for his Neil Diamond tribute. Okay. Very cool. So I owe a lot to the O'Gara's. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh. So how long have you been playing around the Twin Cities here? So first of all, you're a singer, songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, you sing backup. You play in a variety of different groups. Yeah. Um, what's some of the main groups you've had over the years? I started out singing in an all-female track group. So we sang to tracks. Okay. And that's how I got my feet wet, just singing in a group and learning how to sing harmony. Um, and then from there, I started with Kenny and then Martin um, and joined the Neil Diamond tribute with mm-hmm. Martin Zeller, and I did that all through college. It's how I paid my bills in college. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Before I was even playing up here in the cities, we'd come up from, I think when I went to school at UW-Stout, we'd stop up here and see the Neil Diamond oh, show because I loved Martin Zeller and, yeah. and whatever. So that's you're famous from that. That was, that was well, a those were the good, Those show. were some really fun times. I mean, it's such great memories. My first gig with them, I had about 10 days to learn the Neil Diamond songs. And um, I came out on stage to, I think capacity back there is 600. And Ooh. I, I want to say they had m- more than that. I won't throw Danny under the bus or anything going against some fire code. But I think it was, it was beyond capacity. And I, had, I, I think I stared at Martin the whole time because I was so afraid of missing a word or a lyric. And I just oh, wow. stared. I was so nervous. Did but you see lead, fire. or was it all just harmony stuff? Or? The, mostly harmony, and then I sang my, I did a little solo part on Song, Song Blue, and then oh. You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Wow. <laughs> what a great experience. And that was your first that was my big first group here in the cities, kind of. That was definitely, wow. yes. 600 yes. people in one room in one shot. Yes. Wow. I and, don't know if I'd draw Martin, that in a year. Oh, no. <laughs> Likewise. But, and that, you know, next to Martin Zeller, so it was... The pressure was on to put on a good show. He puts on a good show, and you want to make sure his fans are happy with what they see. Were so. you a fan of his before? I was. was yes, I knew who the Gear Daddies were, of course, um, and who he was. And I even knew his Neil Diamond tribute because before me, he had another backup singer. So I had seen them, but um, never th- even put it in my head that that would have been something that I would have been able to do so I was so excited to be on board and it was from Martin actually that I started songwriting and even thinking that that was something I'd be interested in doing okay so it was really from there so when did you start uh your your solo original band mostly original band yes my first band I put together was in 2003 okay and that was we were called the Allie Gray Band Mm -hmm. 
And we, our very first gig was at Mario's Keller Bar in the basement. Do we you remember? played down there too. <laughs> it's a little stinky. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. So that was our very first band. I have an audio cassette recording of it. Do you have a recording of your first gig? It's, oh, yeah. Don't listen to it. It's so horrible to listen to yourself. I can't. Really? I can't do it. I'm oh, so boy. embarrassed <laughs> listening to it. I was actually talking about this recently with my bass player. We're going up to... Uh, some show somewhere, and I remember with one of the first shows I ever played, um, somebody in the audience, I had my first band, is called Stand in Blue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll have the other guy on the podcast sometime, too. His name is Josh. And uh, we were the big duo band at UW-Stout back in the day. Okay. And someone recorded it with a cassette, with cassette recorder right. back then. And we all left for like Thanksgiving break and came back and your people are coming up to us and everyone had burned copies of the cassette. Oh and, my gosh. And it was like, just, I felt like, you know, like Elvis for about, right. about three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> those are good times though. But it was, it was like a that. cool cassette, you know? Um, but those are fun. Mem- it brings back a lot of it memories does. and where yes. you cut your teeth and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, so it's your original band, the Allie Gray band. Has that always had PT, Patrick Tanner in it? No, but Patrick was the first person. Patrick came and watched me at Mario's. So Patrick was in Martin's band at the time, and that's how I met Patrick Tanner. And he came and saw my first show at Mario's Keller Bar, and I remember feeling so nervous that he was out there because the musicians I was able to hire financially they were they're such great guys and they're all great musicians but you know I was singing with Martin Zeller and these guys had been playing for years and years and years and me and my guys we were new at this so I was so nervous that we weren't going to be up up to snuff you know Um, so I was so nervous that he was there but he was so complimentary and kind and we started to talk more and more about songwriting and he's a producer and had has a studio and that's, I think it was a couple years later that we released Let You In. And that was my first record in 2005. Yeah, that's a great record. I have that one. Oh, oh thank yeah. you. Um, I think that's when we started playing with you guys around yeah, that, that was time. Exactly. All of the songs that I've written. I did do have a little time in Nashville where I wrote some songs in Nashville. But I brought even those songs back to him and we re arranged them. So almost every, no, essentially every song I've ever written has been either a co-writing partnership with him or I've brought it to him and he finessed it sure. in a way. He's, very cool. We just have a very good working relationship when it comes to that. When you were down in Nashville songwriting, were you co-writing with a bunch of people? Exactly. Did you have to pay to do that? Yes. Oh, God. It was, it's, I don't have good memories Highway of that time. Robbery. It was really, it was at the, in uh, late, the late 90s, early 2000s that I was down there. And, um... I, I didn't have a good experience there. I know a lot of musicians now are going down there and they're having great results. I just, I don't know if I was with the wrong people, but it's exactly what happened. I paid money to go down there and I was writing songs with famous writers that had hit songs. But the problem was they gave you a time frame. So you get this writer from nine to five and you go in this room and if you come out, you have a song, great. If you don't, don't. You don't know these people. They don't know you. And they get an idea in their head of what they want to write about. And it might not be where your heart is or where your passions are. And so I had a really hard time with it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been through that as well. You did that well, too? Well, I, I worked for this publishing company down there for like 10 years or 15 years. I think years. I remember that. You and that. Um, I remember the, pu- the first publisher I had down there, 
he had us all of us songwriters from all over the country meet up, and we'd all break up for half the day and write songs to each other, and no one got along at all. No. It's a really no, hard thing no to do. No one got along at all. And no, I, this, me and this one guy actually got along pretty well. We had a song called Awfully Wedded Heart. Uh, oh, and that clever, guy actually got, uh, we actually signed that over for a single song contract for years. Or else, that, or else the other guys didn't, didn't pan they out didn't have well. <laughs> <laughs> Too None many of egos, mine did either. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Who are some of your musical influences? I've worked with you a million times. Yes, we played a number of shows together yes. um, at O'Gara's. You even opened for the CD release in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, I my hometown. Did, I did, and I recorded one of your songs on Johnson Street, yes. my second album, Your Dreams, which is one of my favorite songs you've written. I love. I still sing that song at my shows. I love that song. Yeah, I like that song, too. I haven't, I haven't played song. that in a million years. You should. It's a great song. Well, thank you very yes. much. Uh, well, we've had a lot of fun over the years yes. rocking out Plums. Yes, plums. O'Gara's, Turtle Lake. Yes. <laughs> um, God knows where else. I think I did a New Delhi show with you once there, too. You did? New Delhi yes. bar? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was fun, too. It was, yes. A little crazy down there. It, yes. back in the day, but yep. but that was fun. I'm not sure if it's even around anymore. Um, so anyway, anyway so who, are, who are your influences? My number one, if you know me, you know my answer. It's Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been a super fan since 1995 <laughs> when, I, when I first discovered him because of my older brother. Um, but when I think about who has influenced me uh, and how I sing, I, I have a really hard time answering that. I grew up singing mostly in church and then in musical theater and I, I love the singer-songwriter genre. I'm most drawn to that. I really love Martin Sexton. I follow him quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I love him. Um, let's see. Yes, I, it's... Who's some of your favorite local bands over the years? Well, I used to sneak into Teen and the B-Sides shows. That's what I thought you were going to say. Just, yeah. I'm... When I think of my two pedestal musicians, I think of Bruce Springsteen and Tina Schleski. I would stare up at her at Bunkers and just be in awe and wish I could do what she was doing one day. That was at 19. And since then, I've played at Bunkers and Patrick Tanner used to be her guitar player. So I had Patrick alongside of me. And that was a bucket list moment to be in Bunkers at the place where I saw one of my heroes yeah. And I looked up at her and thought, I want to do that one day. And I got to do it. Nice. Know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great feeling for sure. Yes. Um, any other big bands you liked around the cities back, back yes. in the day, traveling around and playing? I used to follow G.B. Layton quite a bit yep. when I was younger. And I still think his music is great. Um, and lo- locally now, some newer bands, Maiden Dixie is doing really well. I really like them. They're good friends of mine. And they're more in the country music circuit and original music which mm-hmm. i think is exciting i think that we need more new original music yes. on our scene and i'm sure i'm forgetting i mean i'm a, I, I loved the hill cats and billy johnson's road show i used to follow oh, them yeah, like crazy absolutely. and i still love billy johnson's music and yeah Heck yeah mm-hmm. um did you play a show with him? Or are you going to play a show with him? I just him? did. I just did an opening with him at Astor Cafe. Okay. Which How was, was that? another place. It was great. It's another place I've always wanted to play. It's not a lot of venues in the Twin Cities for singer-songwriters um, that have 
it just it's it's a place that if you're a singer songwriter you really want to play. I think that anyway about the Astor Cafe. It's a nice listening room, just like the 318 is such mm -hmm. a great listening room. So it was I've played the 318, and so it was really fun to be at Astor. So. Your last original record, was that Johnson Street? Yes, Johnson Street, and that was in 2009. Have you been writing since? I have been writing. I had a daughter three years ago. Yep. <laughs> How's so she doing? She's great. You could have brought her in the podcast. I, well, she would have been a little distracting. <laughs> but she, you know, that's just been a whole life change. So writing, writing has changed for me. I'm trying to let it not... I. Um, I think I'm, I'm a, I don't like that I'm thinking about what I'm putting out there. She's going to hear one day, if that makes sense. It's almost oh. like I'm censoring myself, yeah. and I'm trying to not do that <laughs> <laughs> so that it's still real, you know? It's a hard, it's a whole new, it's a whole new learning, learning curve for me right now. So I do have songs that I really want to do a new album, and... What happened in September is I really wanted to do a new album, but I wanted to do one fast. And mm -hmm. so I said, let's, let's do a Christmas album. Oh, that was the transition oh, here. Um, I, okay. Yeah, what made you decide to put out a Christmas record? Because I really wanted to do a record. And I really want to do a new original record, but I wanted to get one done before that. And I've always thought of doing a Christmas album. I, it's just something I've always wanted in my collection of my life and my music one day. Just to have that there um, as part of it is so special to me. Christmas has always been an important time of year to me. It's how I started singing in church and Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. So it just was an easy um, transition into choosing the next album. And frankly, I went to Patrick Tanner and said, do you think we can do this in two months, a Christmas album? And he said think we can oh they're fun too it was pretty it was um, pretty fun so my favorite christmas albums are the christmas one by roger whittaker from the 70s or 80s yes then there's one by the king singers i like mm -hmm. and of course I like the kenny rogers dolly parton oh, christmas yes. record <laughs> you know hard candy christmas <laughs> what's some of your favorite christmas albums well i love i actually covered one of hers on my album but i love karen carpenter the carpenter's really? christmas Yes, she has a she has a song "Merry Christmas, Darling," and that's interesting. That is sure. on my album. Um, I grew up when I was really little. I loved the Chipmunks Christmas sure. album, but just because it was fun and kind of kitsch. And um, I really like the traditional songs and some of the old school, like uh, Darlene Love and Phil Spector, the Phil Spector Christmas, the Santa Claus is coming to town with that old. Um, with the Ronettes and stuff like that. Like, I love that old-sounding Christmas yeah. music, Phil Spector type of music. Um, but I do like some of those old country Christmas albums, too. Oh. Like the Kenny Rogers. Those yeah. are warm-sounding old is. country I Christmas know. records. I, I love that stuff. How many songs are on the record? There are ten songs, one original and nine covers. Okay. And I really wanted to do an acoustic quiet sounding album I've always been drawn to rather than just Christmas albums individual songs that I really love like Merry Christmas Darling by Karen Carpenter River by Joni Mitchell which isn't a Christmas song you'd probably think of right away but it definitely has a Christmassy feel 
Blue Christmas by Elvis. Oh, yeah. Um, just some of those. And then Silent Night, Oh, Holy Night. There's just ones that I knew I had to do. But I wanted a compilation of something that you could turn on and have a romantic evening or just a quiet listening album. So it's definitely not Jingle Bells, yeah. but it's an easy listening acoustic piano and guitar album with very little drums and mm -hmm. I the silent night sounds great yeah oh we'll thank playing you that one on the, on the podcast you. for sure the harmonies at the end did you cover seeing those harmony did, parts yes. that was really cool thank Has you has a great build up starts off the acoustic just straight acoustic and you build yes. up to the big the ending with the harmonies and all the feeling and stuff I thought that was awesome thank you um, I love it now too. did thank you have you. I know because I put out half a Christmas record a few years ago okay. with Tom Cohen from the dweebs or whatever yeah um, that turned out pretty good his piano vocal thing we tried to record stuff that was public domain. Did you have any trouble with any of that kind of stuff? I still do <laughs> in the process. But two of the songs were public domain. Thank God. I should have probably researched that beforehand, but I didn't. So two of them are public domain, and one is an original, so that was an yeah. easy. But the other seven, I'm... They're all licensed, okay. so everything's legal. I'm just figuring out when it comes to iTunes... That part. Oof. Yes. I'm working on it, though. It's going to oh. happen. Yeah, sounds good. All by good. December 6th. Nice. Yeah. So your CD release show, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'm so excited. This, this, is, this is true. I didn't start recording the album until I had the, the venue booked. So I worked completely backwards in this case. And I thought it would just give me a complete deadline. So I picked December 6th because... I wanted it to be a Sunday. I have a lot of musician friends, and I knew they'd be able to come on a Sunday. And 5 to 7, I think, is such a great time for people. They're still home in time to get ready for the workday. And when I thought about venue, I was thinking, I'm from St. Paul, so you think about, I'll be home for Christmas. You, you want to stick to sort of your roots. And I have I talked about Kenny McMahon. He suggested Mancini's in St. Paul. And it was just like a bolt of lightning. My, my family's been going there since I was a little girl. My father's good friends with their family. And it is such a St. Paul institution. And then you add the fact that it's Christmas, the, the holiday season, and you picture that lounge with the red leather booths. I mean, you can't, it's just, I, I just think, oh my gosh, this was magic. So Kenny brought me in to sit down with Pat Mancini and we agreed on the show and the date we're keeping it a free show, which I think is also so great. So people can just come and relax. And they have a nice lounge menu, steak sandwiches. And they already decorate it so festively, but we're going to add some special touches. And so I started with the venue and the show. And then I worked backwards and said, okay, if I'm going to have product for this date, I need the album to be done on this date. So now, okay, Patrick, we have two months. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that is... When I read that you're doing it at Mancini's, I mean, I can't even start on the memories I have oh, there. I know. There's nothing more St. Paul, in my opinion, than, than Mancini's. I it's know. my favorite food. I know. That my garlic favorite toast. Place. I mean, I love those guys. Um, just the memorabilia hanging around the walls. I know. My uh, dad's on the um, Athletic Hall of Fame. Is wow. he really? Yes. <laughs> I always look at the Tony Bennett picture when you go in there because Tony Gosh. Bennett actually played there. I, I think he was the first one to play there. And then when it burned down, he played there twice. Oh, my and word. And I remember I asked, I don't know, it was Pat or John, which one of those two guys, uh, what happened to the Tony Bennett picture? And they were getting it reframed. And the fact I even asked about it, 
I got drank free the rest of the night. <laughs> I, that's, that's such it's, a great it's man. It's the Cine best story. place to pick for a Christmas CD release. Thank you. Ever. I wish. I, yeah. Yes, I mean, thank you. I'm going to try to make it down there for sure. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it if you could. Yes, I, I'm so excited about the venue. And I just, now I'm at the point where I just can't wait for the date to come because I'm done with the album. I'm It's submitted to um, production. So. Okay. just have to get it back. So we've been around the live and local Twin Cities yes. music scene for a long time. Yes. Borderline too long. Probably. <laughs> Maybe outstayed our welcome by years. <laughs> we can't let go. Some people would probably want to tell us that. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, what just some basic overall observations or thoughts about the live and local music scene, kind of when we got going. Yes. Well, let's say let's say around 2005 for us, mm-hmm. three whatever, yep. and a vis- watching it from the 90s to now. What just some observations you have for better for worse? How's it going for you? Well, for me, uh, I have original music, and I am a full time musician, so this is how I make my living. However, I am unable to make my living just with my original music, so I have. Three, three cover bands that I also perform with. Actually, four if you include Martin Zeller's Neil show, but we do a lot of his original stuff now too. So that said, for me personally, to make a living at it, I, I am so grateful I'm working as much as I am. I do want to say that. I get to play at least two times a week, if not more. Um, four times I will take, I will happily take. But I do think that we're missing original music and the love for original music like I believe we had in the 90s. I believe we had in the early 2000s. The bands that I was following, those are the bands you went to see. Like I said, Teen and the B-Side Movement, the Dust Bunnies. I used to go watch them all the time. It was sold out all the time. The Hillcats, you know. Um, I like Daisy Head Maisie. Daisy Head Maisie. That's one of my favorite oh bands my of gosh. all time. I agree. Do you remember Leap 27? Leap, we did they shows were, at them, yes. of course. Yep. I mean, those were the, I, I hate to sound like an old oldie. I guess I am. Who cares? Those were the good old days. Whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those were the good old days. And I think now there's, we're just missing, I know we have an indie scene. We have a fantastic indie musician scene. But we need, other than cover bands when it comes to pop, popular music we need something else and we need people to show up for it is my feeling i agree yeah i agree um thank you for sharing that yes um oh it seems like every time i record one of these podcasts oh, no. don't tell me i have to start all over no i just i check my phone here and i got an email question from my bass player oh. johnson <laughs> you liar <laughs> have you ever met johnson the bass player yes of course i did oh, you have yes okay um he has an email question for you here for the I'm podcast. Sure, I'm sure. So <laughs> he wants to get a wallet that has the Eagles on the front uh-huh. and the Beatles on the back. Oh, uh, that's so a he wants to know where to you got your Bruce Springsteen purse from back in the day. Oh my if you could gosh. hook him up with a with he doesn't want the purse, but maybe a wallet. I know, I know what he wants, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm embarrassed on two fronts that I've remembered for my Bruce Springsteen purse. <laughs> But I could hook him up, absolutely. Okay. Just, you can give him my email, and okay. I got Sounds someone. Good. Yeah, uh, what's your contact information? People want to check out more about you yes, and your bands I would and things love like it. that? Um, it's, my website is alliegray.com, 
and my Facebook is just Allie Gray Music, and I have my email is just Allie at AllieGray.com. Awesome. Come Allie, to my come to my CD release party, please, at Mancini's, December sixth, five to seven p.m. It's free. Awesome. Allie, thank you for being on the Mark Thanks, Stereo Mark, Music so Podcast. It's been a ton of fun catching up. Super fun. Uh, we're going to have a cocktail Finish quick. Finish our drinks. And, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks for hit- Mark. Yep. That was Allie Gray. Don't miss her upcoming CD release show December 6th, 2015, 5 to 7 p.m. at Mancini's in St. Paul, Minnesota. Story behind the song segment for the week. I think Allie covered the process of recording her recent project very well during the interview. So up next, the debut of Allie Gray's beautiful rendition of the classic Christmas carol, Silent Night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you have enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. <laughs>